0: Okay, so I was thinking the other day about something. Okay, tell me. If you look up the nutritional information on a loaf of bread, in uh-huh. an entire loaf of like regular American white bread, yes, it's about 2,000 calories, right? For the whole loaf. For a whole loaf of bread. Okay. Now, you're very aware of how compactable and squishy like American bread is, right? Sure, yeah. So, I was kind of having this idea. You've seen these like... <laughs> Huge YouTube video series where they take those like pneumatic presses and like squish stuff, right? Yes. What if you took a whole loaf of bread and you squished it down where it was ultra compact, right?
1: right. You're talking. I I let me just cut you off here. You're talking about a bread diamond.
0: I'm talking about a bread diamond. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is, because you could you could squish that down where it was like nothing. It was like yeah. you know a centimeter just, of food, just. but still. As much pressure as possible, yeah. Like maximum caloric (laughs) density. So what I'm thinking is, you take that pneumatic press and you eventually squish so many loaves of bread down to where it's a new loaf of bread. It's a loaf of mega bread.
1: Mega bread.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, you slice that thing off. Every slice is gonna have like thirty thousand calories in it.
1: Yeah. Man, you figured out how to feed the working man. Yeah, (laughs) feed the world with mega bread.
0: But what I'm thinking about, too, is like, how confused does your body get when you eat like, you know, a mouthful of something that is so calorically dense that it's actually like a week's worth of calories, (laughs) but your body is like, I have nothing in my stomach. What is this? How confused does your body get?
1: I I imagine extremely. Uh, What you're talking about also kind of reminds me of a hard tack, which is what, uh, like, sailors ate and like uh, soldiers would eat on the front line and it was like really super compressed like nutrient dense bread basically Mm -hmm. yeah do you think that that latmus bread from lord of the rings is actually mega that's what that is that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) so you're thinking like an elf
0: yeah exactly right but also too it's like considering you'd be eating that many calories like Wouldn't it be so weird that you could eat something the size of, like, a postage stamp and end up getting extremely fat from it? Yes, it would. That seems to not make any sense. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Somebody, please, try out some Mega Bread at home. Let us know how it goes.
1: (laughs) Get your Mega Bread starters.
0: Welcome, Dead and Lovely listeners, to another carbohydrate-filled episode of Dead and Lovely, your favorite (laughs) horror movie review podcast. In this multiverse and beyond, here with your socially distant pals, why it's me, Uncle Ben.
1: And me, all the way over here, Hollywood Steve. There you are, you're way over there. Hey, six feet away at least. <laughs> I think you're several hundred feet away from me at this That's point. That's Several true. thousand feet one, away. One might find it easier to say it in miles. It could be, yeah, that'd be a shorter <laughs> yeah. way to say it, I think. <laughs> How you been doing this week, Steve? I've been doing good, man. Been uh, kicking it. My wife uh, finished the semester, so spring break. Yeah, we've been hanging out. We've been watching some stuff that I've already watched that she hasn't seen, but was fun to rewatch. Ooh la la. Trying to figure out what to do for our anniversary, because we were planning on going to uh, Outer Bank, to North Carolina, uh, and we're not doing that. Because I don't know of,
0: why not. The beaches is reopened. <laughs> just go down there and have your good old time. That's
1: true. That's true. Uh, that that would that does sound fun. Getting sick in North Carolina, but <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. All right, put that one on hold for now. Yeah, we had our anniversary last week. Yeah, and we were kind of in a similar
0: situation where it's just like, well, do you want to go to the kitchen tonight? <laughs> it's like, well, what could you do, you know? But we actually had a really it's a nice, nice kitchen. Fun. Yeah, you know, I've seen worse. Uh, we had ourselves a good time, though, man. We we started our day off ordering out brunch, which we went and picked up. Yeah. Had a bottle of champagne with that, of course. Oh, yeah. We just kind of did our thing around the house. We both had to work that day, so we worked separately, and then we convened to make a really fantastic uh, grilled tuna steak dinner here at home. Oh, yeah? With another a bottle of, of champagne.
1: What, a good choice?
0: Uh-huh. You just can't go wrong. Dude, I'll tell you, though, you can go wrong with champagne. The other you night can. that's true yeah the other night uh, I had the bright idea that like hey we got a bottle of champagne in the fridge let's make French 75s uh-huh or as I like to call them apocalypse Wow <laughs> <laughs> you ever had a French 75 yeah yeah I'll do it dude it's like the most deadly drink on earth because they're so yeah. drinkable because it's essentially like I took uh, I took the recipe advice of our own rdm with this and he advised me in in his proportions to make a french 75 it's essentially Uh a gin sour and then you fill the rest (laughs) of the cup with champagne that way you're sure to die yeah well you want to dilute it a bit man alive (laughs) dude yeah because you're you're getting like two ounces of gin and then probably like four or five ounces of champagne yeah Woo. Lord of mercy, it was just brutal. It's a one and done affair, especially because we made pints.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the normal way of drinking champagne out of a pint pint glass. glass
0: well that's what yeah. we found is like if you get a bottle of
1: champagne it's
0: almost two perfect pints so it's like you have just a that's little room true. if you want to add some juice yeah. or strong alcohol as we did
1: i i'm not uh, i'm not one for the traditional wine glasses when it comes to champagne i tend to drink it so fast it doesn't matter you just put it in a plastic cup yeah i love, I love champagne, champagne. It's, it's so good. good. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I hope you guys find yourself something fun to do on your anniversary. Maybe you guys can both go to uh, your local place and get a haircut, get a manicure, <laughs> get no. a table at a Applebee's or we something.
1: Are, I, we are going to do something that I have yet to do uh, in quarantine, and that is uh, eat eat out. We're not going to go to a place, but yeah, and, yeah. and I'm also doing something I haven't done in a year. And that is I'm going to eat a whole bunch of fucking carbs. Oh, my Lord of mercy. We're we're getting my favorite pizza Uh, and Emily's favorite pizza. It's not just for me. (laughs) It's her (laughs) anniversary as well. Um, We're getting our favorite pizza and we're going to we're going to hang out, have a good time here at home. Dude, I can't imagine
0: how satisfying the first piece awesome. in a year is going to be it's going to
1: be so awesome. And I imagine I'm going to eat one piece and then be like, Oh, I feel like shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what, though? I hadn't thought about that, but you might be right. It might be like a yeah. one and done thing where like all the carbs and yeah. stuff, you might go into like a coma right away. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, man. So that's that, awesome. That should be fun. Yeah, that'll be a good one, man. What else have you been doing this week? Watching anything good?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Emily uh, hadn't seen Mindhunter Season 2, so we we watched that. Yeah. Uh, And then after that, uh, I was like, hey, you want to watch American Horror Story 1984? (laughs) Because I enjoyed it so much. And we watched it. And she really enjoyed it too, so it was fun time. Hell
0: yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, the one that you guys need to watch next, we just finished Season 2 of it the other day, and it says that there's another season coming, which is great. Uh, I talked about it. A couple weeks ago on the show, Sex Education Uh on Netflix is a fucking treasure. Oh, my God, man. It is so hilarious and so real and so relevant. And, dude, like, you'll understand when you watch it, but I can't even imagine what it would have been like to have that show as a high schooler. Like, to be a high schooler and watch that show and see the stuff that they put out there and all the representation and yeah. stuff like that it would have been totally fucking amazing
1: so you're saying it says it's as like relevant as my so-called live yeah or... it's every bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dude, like really the way that the show is doing such a great job of representing i think everybody sort of in the in the sexual spectrum i guess you could say yeah uh without seeming like they're just like you know making cardboard cutouts of these stereotypes right. uh almost like mm. like when you watch glee and it's just like oh they really put one of everybody right. in here but it seems like very tokenized and stupid shallow characters of what these people are actually like and going through you know somehow sex Wait. education puts something out there for everybody without making it feel cliched and stereotyped
1: does, does the bisexual character always have a a plate of lemon bars and do they do finger guns obviously the two characteristics i know uh that bisexual people uh, have tended to uh take on on reddit (laughs) like they're cool with it they're like yeah yeah (laughs) lemon bars (laughs) and finger guns
0: sounds pretty cool to me (laughs) yeah sex ed is is really fantastic i can't wait for you to watch it um It's really funny and stuff. It also builds dramatic tension in an extremely believable way, too, that the finale of season two is just... It's got some gut punches in it, man. Really, 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 really good. So I can't wait to see where they go with it. We also watched the best comedy that I've seen in years, and it was actually so fucking good that we watched it again last night. So we watched this twice in a week. You've got to go watch Good Boys on HBO.
1: Oh, right. You uh, texted me about that. Dude. So, good boys. It's This is the Seth Rogen uh, little kids comedy, right? Yeah. But not for kids. No. No.
0: <laughs> okay. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like super bad, but with 12-year-olds. And the thing okay. that the movie does so well, I, I don't want to give away any of the punchlines or anything like that, because especially the first like 30 or 40 minutes of the movie, you'll just be like doubled over the whole time there's so much fucking funny stuff in the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie it so perfectly captures when you're that age and you don't know what a certain term means but you you play it like you do oh so yeah that way you uh-huh. seem cool and knowledgeable <laughs> uh-huh. and stuff yeah and then also yeah, know what just, he's talking about yeah oh yeah. You know, yeah 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 well, like i've done that like a million times
1: um i w- one instance from my own childhood I remember somebody made a on the rag joke, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> right." And then, like, my mind was like, "What could that possibly mean?" <laughs> on, the on the rag? rag? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll tell you one of the
0: fucking funniest ones. It's not my story to tell. It's my drummer, Andy Campbell's, but <laughs> he used to, he told me this story about one time when he was in, it was like junior high or maybe just getting into high school or something like that. They had this one friend in their social circle who somehow had mixed up the terms jerking off and pinching one off. <laughs> okay?
1: <laughs> so you can see okay. where this is going. So yeah.
0: they were like hanging out this one day and they were talking about, you know, some some girl at school or whatever and he's like, oh man, she's so hot. She makes you just want to go home and pinch one off. <laughs> 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 She's so hot, she makes me want to take a shit. <laughs> oh, oh
1: God. That, vi- that visual is so hilarious when he's <laughs> just sitting on the toilet just so content Ugh. with the shit like yeah <laughs> 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 So it's full of that kind of stuff. I think that person might be in
0: the butt stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. yeah, maybe he yeah. didn't have the terms mixed up. He's like, no, no, that's exactly yeah. She's so <laughs> yeah hot, she saw I feels shit. Did you ever take a (laughs) shit? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And it also does such a good job, too, of just capturing how, like, how serious you took everything back then. You know, like, things that just seemed completely unimportant and stupid, they take deadly serious because that's exactly how it was when you're that age. Dude, it's so fucking good, man. Really a blast. Definitely watch that one. And uh, I think the only other thing really cool that we watched this week was... uh, that Will Ferrell movie, uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. I hadn't either. I forgot how great that movie is, and yeah, also how it's really weird good. it is too, with the whole very like, strange yeah. nara- narration thing where he's uh-huh. like in somebody's story and stuff. Yeah, I forgot about a lot of those elements of it, man. That was that was a really really fun movie. And then the other night we also watched The Hustle with Anne Hathaway in it, uh huh, which is. Basically just a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, okay. It was okay. It was fine. It was one of those things where, like, I kind of wish they would have gone their own direction with it a bit more, because they really did just lift a lot of the jokes and stuff directly from huh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you know? Yeah. And nobody has any hope of trying to, like, remake a, a Steve Martin joke with my cocaine. Yeah. It's not going to work. My no matter who you are. My cocaine. My cocaine. my cocaine that's him it's one of those things that like i wanted to be more mad about it that's like oh this is just a remake of that movie that didn't really own up to it but then actually if you look at dirty rotten scandals it's a remake of a french story called like bedtime stories or something like that so it's kind of continuing the tradition of being a remake and not owning up to it
1: i mean from the beginning it's been remake upon remakes uh i Hey, everybody, my podcast comes out next Monday now. Sorry, but we did get it figured out. It's all good now. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it was an iTunes issue. I don't want to go too into it. um, Name name drop that thing. Somebody might be listening to this for the first time. Oh, Legacy of Brutality is my new uh, History of Horror Cinema podcast. Hmm. And I will tell you this, that the... Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was remade like seven times in the first 20 years of film. Good uh, Lord, it's like the Spider-Man of yesteryear. Yeah, like um, also the Hunchback of Notre Dame. That, that movie that movie was made like 11 times before 1940. They just didn't have <laughs> many stories back then. They had so many, but they should, it's just <laughs> like, like, you know, filmmakers for a long time have uh, relied on the easiest thing. So they remade the student of Prague like four times in Germany because it was popular in 1913. Like, mm. yeah, it's, it's just always easier when you know that a formula works to invest money in it, I guess. The more things change, the more they stay the it's same. That's true. Yep.
0: <laughs> What'd you guys get up to on the old streaming chat this week? That was <laughs> unavailable.
1: Oh, that was fun. Oh, man. What the hell? Uh, I can't remember again when you asked earlier it was brain damage Ha! can't remember the name of brain damage we watched brain damage with old Joe Bob and yeah. th- that movie is awesome
0: I'm trying to remember which one brain damage is because I know I've seen some of it but I can't remember what it's about
1: it's like an alien parasite that con- is like a drug it controls the guy's oh, brain yeah yeah. yeah, yeah 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 that's
0: a weird one I totally it's forgot about all fuck. that stuff
1: I really enjoyed it and the, the effects were awesome
0: yeah we should do that on the show sometime
1: yeah i mean uh i know uh I, I believe alan evans uh has it in the bowl over here so oh
0: yeah the old smoking bowl of patreon yeah
1: drives? so it could get it could get selected anytime and so could your movie if you join up at the five dollar <laughs> level over on the patreon <laughs> page patreoncom forward slash dead and lovely ben the king of segways <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right man i'm an idea man that's i guess right. we'll be doing a drawing for that for uh not next week's episode but the week after yeah, that. yeah so. yeah
1: so i'll be doing that drawing uh soon so we know what we're doing but uh yeah that head on over there put something in uh, we're just going wild with it now i mean nothing's coming out anytime soon we don't have any movies that we're thinking are gonna hit the seo targets or anything we're just doing whatever is fun so if you got something fun you've been wanting us to do head on over to patreon throw it in i like to have a fun time all the time <laughs> what's the second flick they did on there oh uh
0: profundo rosso. oh a little deep red deep action red. huh
1: yeah uh i i needed to do some stuff uh but i stuck around for the first little bit of it and watched some of it and man that dario Argento is a weird cat i'll tell you what it is an Argento movie. It There's is. no mistaking it. it. I like Deep Red. I think it's a cool movie. Yeah, it looked cool. I mean, there, were, it was very Argento, and like it, it. I was like, oh, I bet this is fun. Like it, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't ever bore me. I just really needed to work. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I feel like it's been a little while since we did an Argento on uh, the show. Yeah, was yeah. the last one Opera? The last one was Opera. Here's here's the oh. thing about the Argento movies. They never do well like oh yeah yeah we get a lot of hits yeah our people the people that love the show we we have a, a very good base of people that would listen to it no matter what uh and, and they love our dario argento impressions of course because they're the best oh obviously because we've yeah. accurately rendered him as a character he make it when a I pizza make
0: the movie <laughs> it is like i try to make the pizza
1: <laughs> I think this is also probably the only podcast that has three Suspiria episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Cause, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because we did a mini-sode for the new Suspiria and a full episode as well. Yeah, and the OG. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I'd love to do another Dario Argento because uh, Giallo is, is um, just a an area I don't go to often. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen some Dario Argento. I've seen Pieces. I've seen uh, uh, Lumberto Bava- uh, some full chi yeah but i i just think that uh there, there's so much there it's just it's a weird genre i think it's like hard oh, for yeah. i think it's hard for americans to get into i mean maybe like oh definitely maybe i would say that about uh, some korean horror movies though train to basan apparently is one that is super popular yeah, yeah yeah i've talked to a lot of like people that don't even really get
0: into international flicks that right really liked the movie that we're talking about on the show today, yeah. *Train to Bassan, so that seems to be pretty universally appealing. But those those Argento flicks are just so fucking weird. They are, that
1: yeah. It can be polarizing. It can, oh, we definitely, because like, either he's a genius or he is a space alien or he's uh, we <laughs> uh, we would say both. He's a genius space alien. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's just definitely. It's it can be very off putting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve, I'll tell you what, I'll get a pull to that right there. How oh, about yeah. we crack
0: us open a co-beer and get ourselves just socially lubricated as we get into the show. Ooh, now, this boy. first one that we're drinking here was the result of a socially distant beer drop that our good buddy, the notorious Roger Dean Miller, RDM, uh, made a couple weeks ago. He just happened to take a day trip down, just a, a good old drive yeah. because gas is so cheap right now uh-huh. that's it's kind of crazy. So he just drove down to uh, drop us off some beers, and the funny thing is, is I was like, Rogers a coming. I got to give him a box of some good stuff, too. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the beers that I gave him was one of the beers that he gave us. It is a Bearded Iris Escape Artist <laughs> Double IPA, which is brewed with strata, cashmere, and citra hops, and it's good as fuck, man. I've had the ones that I've bought. I've never had one that Roger bought, though. I yeah. bet it's sweeter.
1: I bet it is, too. I bet he's, he's really put his thumb to it. I really like this one
0: a lot. It reminds me, which, of course, you can say Ooh. this about most everything Bearded Iris does, it reminds me of their flagship home huh. only it seems a little less funky and a little less sweet to me.
1: It smells very citrusy. Yeah, very yeah. creamy
0: pineapple, very citrusy and stuff. It's not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not transparent at all. You can't see through it.
1: Yeah, no. Lightly
0: effervescent. Let me get a a swig on this. I predict that you'll like it. I remember that you liked the home style, but it had that hop in there that you're kind of allergic to. So I wonder if this one will have the same thing in it.
1: Mm, It's sweet. Right? Yeah, it's got that, it's like citrusy sweet, but like the citrus is more on the smell. It doesn't have like a strong citrusy taste. Mhm. Yeah, it is like homestyle. It is it does have like the thickness of a homestyle. Yeah. It
0: does, man. And it's got that real like fresh squeezed orange juice taste. Like Yeah. Orange juice in a bottle is never the same as you just squeeze an orange. No, cuz they add citric
1: acid right, usually. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like fresh squeeze is always a lot more smooth and less acidic. Yeah. This has like that kind of flavor to me, especially right after you swallow. Just that first aftertaste is very yeah. Fresh squoze. Yeah.
1: A fresh squoze. Yeah.
0: What's the, the, I let's see, that's a 7.6. 7.6. So whoa, that, cause like, it's not strong. alcoholy at all. No, there's like zero booze whatsoever on that. It's thing. a
1: little bubble gummy. Not like. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I hadn't thought about that. Let me, let me see if I can get that. Or maybe cotton candy. I don't know what that, it's, it's got just like a, a confection y sweet kind of flavor to it yeah but i'm
0: trying to place what that does remind me of yeah
1: Hmm. it is hard to it's hard to nail down it's good though this is good it's delicious it's a
0: tasty one right there yeah thanks rdm for the drop off you are better than we deserve ooh la la ooh la la all right steve the subject of our show today is going to be the train to basan but of course before we get on to the review we gotta step into the preview palace and we just happen to think to ourselves you know what It's been a little too long since we interacted with our fans over on our Facebook group. Interacting with the fans. (laughs) We are friends with them too. Hey. (laughs) And we posted up a request for a little FAQ that we're going to do here. You guys submitted some really awesome questions over on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash
1: something Uh, uh, forward slash dead and lovely. That's what I said. Yeah. I was
0: testing you. I was seeing if you knew, Steve. Sorry,
1: I was I was looking at the FAQ thing, and you said something, and then I was like, just in Facebook mode all of a sudden. Like, what? Huh? You were booking the face.
0: Yeah. And uh, before we get on to the movie review, let's step on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Oh, Echo. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And we're going to answer some questions that y'all are dying to know the answers, too. We're going to provide it for you. Nobody else can. We're here to do it for you guys.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess other people could, but the answers would be different. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably less accurate. Probably less, yeah. I want to kick this off here with a horror-related question from our main homegirl, Letitia McDade. Yeah. Letitia rules. Yes, she does. And she wants to know, women who love horror what are your true thoughts about them what do you think about a
1: lady who likes a scurry movie Steve uh, only only type of lady that uh, I could have a relationship with honestly hell yeah yeah like I I I cannot imagine if my wife hated horror movies or didn't actively love horror movies I know right
0: that'd be so awful
1: yeah Emily is uh, excited as hell to get drunk and watch horror movies and that is my favorite thing to do so <laughs> yeah
0: no doubt yeah i'm right there with you i like women that like horror so much i'm married one
1: eating <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't cheating what <laughs> <laughs> what where did that come from
0: <laughs> but no man like i can't i can't imagine like you said not having somebody to watch these movies with they're like always having to find a time to watch these when your significant other wasn't home or like had already gone to sleep or yeah or whatever like i don't know man i know that some couples are just like we have to do literally everything together and that's fucking annoying
1: yeah but
0: this is one of those things that i'm like i can't imagine not having somebody to share these flicks with like my wife doesn't even get into music like at all. Like she doesn't listen to music whatsoever. And of yeah. course that's my that's my thing. life's work. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't bug me at all. But if she was like, ooh, I can't watch that. It's too gross. It's too gory. Oh yeah. I won't watch it. That'd, That'd be, be tough, like, God man. God damn. That'd be lame, man. It would
1: like yeah, I just can't imagine. All right, so yes, my thoughts on uh women who love horror. I'm very glad you exist and please continue to exist.
0: Yeah, ladies, get some
1: <laughs> I don't know where. I don't really know where. I don't, yeah, from. I don't know where to get some. Yeah. But no, do no sure it. I
0: mean, do it. If you want. Yeah. If you want to. All right. We got a question here from Jonathan Russell. Okay. This is a good one. Who would you rather have to deal with in a quarantine situation? Okay. Mike Myers, mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, Pazuzu, or Pinhead?
1: Wow. All right. So I saw this and it immediately set my mind to thinking. So Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, they can get into houses. They don't have any problem with that. True, uh, Pazuzu. Uh, I don't have any problem with the Arcadian uh, protector of children. Pinhead, though, that's a guy who can get you out of the house. Oh yeah, you think so? He could take you to like a dimension of of crazy stuff. I mean, yeah, he's got such sights to show you. Uh, so I'm saying, like, uh, I'd rather have to deal with Pinhead because it's like uh, at least I get out of the house.
0: I bet you get into some real freaky naughty stuff real fast though yeah
1: it probably wouldn't be fun after a bit and i'd be like i wish i had stayed home (laughs) you know what i would do though if i was dealing with with
0: pinhead in that situation i'd be like you know what i really just hate the thing that brings me the most pain and agony is definitely back rubs
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i hate them uh, it's, it's, oh, and it's if you were to massage the rest of my muscles, I would just be in agony. Oh, no. And he's like, is that so? <laughs> I will show
0: you the meaning of massage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Deep tissue. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus
0: wept. <laughs> you could probably just keep that going, you know? Yeah. See how long. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to go with a Pazuzu in this case right here. I think you could have some fun peekaboo moments with that guy. Just when you think he's not there, there's his face in the microwave. Little flashes of him all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know? And as we talked about on our Exorcist episode, I don't think Pazuzu's a bad guy.
1: Yeah, that's true. Pazuzu's not a bad guy. I don't think it doesn't come across that way in the the movie to me. So Pazuzu, good dude. he keep you safe. (laughs) I'll hang out with
0: that guy. All right. This is a fun one right here. Joshua Robertson asked this one. What's something that you do or think that most people might think is weird? Now this is a good one to me because I had a situation just last night uh, right before bed. Kate brought something to me and said, this is how your mind works, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, exactly right. Okay. The way that people do math is weird to me. Okay. And apparently the way that I do math in my head is right in line with the way that huge surprise a lot of people on the autism spectrum do math. This is how I've always done this stuff. Okay, so like let's say let's say you have a, a problem like two times 36. Uh-huh. How do you organize
1: that in your head? uh 36 on top of two, then two times six, two times three. So you kind of like carrying it over
0: and stuff, just like you would on paper. Yep. In my head, I break that off into two more simple problems. I think 230 is a 60. 26 is 12. Oh,
1: that's... 72. Isn't that how... I mean, that's kind of how they teach math now. There's like a new way they teach know. math that... It involves like a grid pattern and it looks insane Oh I've seen that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like
0: a I think it's like an Asian method or something yeah. like that. I, I don't even t- real I don't strange. see how
1: it's more efficient. It looks like it takes way longer to get anyway.
0: <laughs> but even in, in in my head, even if it's like really simple problems, yeah. It'll always be a way of breaking it into smaller things. So if you just told me eight plus six, uh-huh, I would think, Okay, so I can I can turn that eight into an even ten with 2, that leaves me with 4 huh. left over, so it's 14. It's like I get it to 10 and then use the leftovers. Huh? that That's apparently how a lot of people, like I said, on the spectrum do math, yeah. which is why they typically test badly, because they can't show their work. But apparently that's not how a lot of people do things, and that's just shocking to me. I was trying to explain to this to Kate last night, and she's like, that's so much more work. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's way less work. It's a bunch <clears throat> of small problems rather than one hard one.
1: <laughs> i I mean, you're right. It's true. It is a way to break it down. <laughs> the results are the same. What's something that you do that people would find weird? Um, I don't know. I don't know how weird this is because, like, honestly, for me, I don't find anything I do weird. But uh, I do use a a squatty potty. Oh, dude, I've heard that those are the bomb. Yeah, uh, it's actually not the squatty potty. It's just a step stool. I mean, just buy a step stool and put your feet up on it, and you will poop better. There you go. <laughs> I think I think this is a weird thing maybe for younger people, but as a like grown ass adult, like having a good poop is a day improver. Gotta stay regular if you wanna keep happy. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Man (laughs) himself said it, man.
0: (laughs) All right. I don't think that's I don't think that's too weird. You're just watching out for your bowels, man. Alright, let me let me (laughs) move on one to hear from uh our buddy from across the pond. Is Kev Bickerdike in it? (laughs) i'm gonna read his question in his native accent because i know that he will, he will understand, he'll that, understand yeah. it better i he'll think if i read it, yeah. it that way it's true oh have you ever had a tug whilst watching a horror film <laughs>
1: uh i yeah i've definitely had a tug while watching a horror film because <laughs> that that was like why we rented them when we were young yeah was to see boobies yeah. There you go,
0: man. See, it's like I I didn't have that because I started with horse so late in life. Yeah. I was already getting tugged by then.
1: You're saying when you were watching like Black Coats Daughter, you weren't just like, let's do this. No,
0: not really. really. Do you remember if okay. there's a particular one that that got you tugging on that uh-huh. thing when you were a kid?
1: Uh, Night of the Demons, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you had a Quigley thing,
0: is what you're telling
1: me. Yeah, Linnea Quigley, for sure. Definitely. Well, she was just always yeah. just
0: showing everything off. Oh.
1: Uh, Slumber Party Masker 2. The redhead in Slumber Party Masker 2. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. This next one here I want to talk about just because I'm so confused about it. Trevor Nesbitt asks, have either one of you ever got blackout drunk
1: at a spaghetti feed? What the fuck (laughs) is a spaghetti feed? I want to go. I mean, I'll go there. Like. Sounds fun. Do you think
0: Spaghetti, spaghetti feed, feed is a an Italian streaming service? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is
1: you, just, you just press lasagna and it, it just shows you lasagna and you're like, oh, poop it a <laughs>
0: I'll be making lasagna over on Spaghetti Feed. <laughs> <laughs> or do you think maybe it's a thing where like everybody gathers around and feeds the spaghetti on the spaghetti farm?
1: Oh. Uh- Oh, that makes sense. Like yeah. you gotta feed the spaghetti, otherwise it'll starve. They're out there just throwing handfuls of salt and basil and parmesan on it. So like when Italians see our dry pasta, they're like,
0: they don't feed it, they pasta. <laughs> it's starving. This <These> <laughs> so pasta is starving so pasta.
1: So no, I guess
0: I haven't gotten blackout drunk at one because I don't know what the fuck but that is.
1: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare it to something, uh, a pig roast. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. I've gotten blackout drunk at a pig roast several times, and one time I got blackout drunk at a pig roast and gotten two fights.
0: Ooh, do you remember either of
1: them, or do you hear about them, like, after the fact?
0: Uh, I remember punching the first guy. I hope you actually punched the pig that was roasting. Is that what happened? Like, what are you looking at, what are you looking at, pig? Stop spinning (laughs) around and fight me.
1: Some bitchin' pig. You ain't kosher. You ain't the boss of me. No, I was the asshole at that party. (laughs) Oh, okay. There's always one somewhere. We got there too early, and it was hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think I ever have done that. I've gotten drunk, definitely, at at some pig roast and stuff, but not quite blackout. All right, we got another here from Mike Travisano. This is a fun one. Who would play each of you in the horror movie adaptation of Dead and Lovely? So they're making a movie about us. Who's gonna represent us? I think that I think hmm. that my bold, bulbous chin and flair for the silly and dramatic means that I should I should get a Bruce Campbell stepping in I think to play the role of, of UB mm-hmm. over here.
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, who do I look like? I'll be played uh, by Zoe Deschanel. Thank you. There we go. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> Welcome I, to the Dead and Lovely.
1: <laughs> I guess I I would uh I would want to go the strange route and get like uh maybe Danny Trejo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Bruce That's, Campbell yeah. and Danny Trejo.
0: I would watch the fuck out of that. And Lovely. Yeah, and they're doing yes. a podcast and then like, some horrific yeah. shit breaks out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then it's just fucking. Yeah, I would love to see the two of them making a podcast. That's actually the funniest idea <laughs> and Yeah, I heard in a while. I'd pay Danny great money Trejo for that. Right there. And, Bruce Campbell. and Danny Trejo's got all this research in front of him shit. <laughs> 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 He's got his glasses on the end of his nose. Yeah. i like it i like it i think it's a, boom, it's a good idea it's the fan yeah <laughs> all right
0: it's got a couple more quickies here uh this one comes from mark lee if you could choose any weapon from a video game to tackle a legion of undead what would you choose that's a toughie oh. right there i'm kind of thinking yeah. i might go old school doom and pack me a bfg <laughs> it'll, get it'll a BFG. kill everything on screen that's true
1: that is true. It does kill everything on the screen. Yeah. What is the <laughs> Imagine screen if in real, real life? world had a screen? Yeah. <laughs> Do
0: you just accidentally kill like everybody in the entire planet except for you?
1: Yeah, I think. Th- yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> maybe not the BFG then in that case. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Whoops. Killed everybody. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like if you are fighting off a horde, yeah, the best weapons would be pole arms. Okay, right. Something like with the distance, a distance. Yeah. Yeah, like something, cause like, you know, anything like a gun can run out of ammo. A uh, 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 bow and arrow takes too long to get ready. Like a Sephiroth sword might do okay. A lot of reach on that thing. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what I think I'd go
0: with? I'd go with the um, the cross power up from Castlevania.
1: Oh yeah. Well then there you go. Boom. Because that thing is just toss deadly deadly that motherfucker to, to the
0: undead, and then like it makes uh-huh. that little cross like a. Uh, you know, like a shield kind of around you, like a little Uh bubble shield. And then in some of the versions, you have the mega power-up version where it's like the huge cross that wipes out everything on the screen so I can kill the whole world again (gasps) if I want to. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, okay. I mean, uh, do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll I'll, I'll cast Turn Undead. There we go. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Okay, last one here comes
0: from our buddy, John Kieran, who's just a good old boy. Just a good old boy. This is relevant to a recent episode that we did here. If you all were in a Final Destination movie, what would your deaths be? Oh, boy. I'm thinking in mine, it's probably going to be something like really ridiculous where I finally get, you know, the last piece of my, my guitar collection. I finally get that, you know, that Steve Vai Universe UV7PWH white seven string. Right, and like, of course. You know, I, I, I put it on that sacred position on the wall at the center of my guitar (laughs) collection, which is taking up the whole Uh wall. And then like the entire wall of guitars falls down on me or something like that. Yeah. And I'm crushed by my own
1: horde of material possessions. That makes sense. Do the final destination kills have like a connection to the person really? I guess they do. Don't they sort of like, I mean the kid was impulsive and he got crushed by that thing and, Nah, I guess they don't. I guess they don't have to. Because, I i mean, when you say guitars, I was like, yeah, that's like an appropriate kill. And then I just realized, like, why doesn't Final Destination have, like, appropriate kills? <laughs> (laughs) kills? kills yeah (laughs) why aren't the kills connected to the character honestly mine is is more of a kruger kill where it is like yeah that's true yeah that bit of like irony to it yeah yeah okay so for me though it would uh, basically be that that kid in the dentist chair in final destination 2 not being able to move and just slowly choking to death when you're just powerless to to move like because that is one of my biggest fears is is not being able to breathe And I experienced sleep paralysis, which is frightening. So that would be a good Final Destination death for me. I'll tell you what, all that talk about, you know, being powerless and stuff like that is
0: pretty hot. I might have to go pinch one off after hearing about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So hot. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for contributing some great questions to this installment of the Preview Palace. Those are fun. I always like doing those because you guys always come up yeah, with me some too. great, great stuff that I love uh, talking about here on the show. So thanks, everybody, for participating. And now it is
1: time to get to the MoveSki Ski. <laughs> <laughs> that works, right? It does. I mean, it's not a Russian movie, but uh, they would have been more appropriate if we were doing a Russian horror movie. But I think I think you're right. MoveSki
0: <laughs> and we are talking about the train to Busan. Busan, Busan,
1: You know the French in Korea,
0: right? Yeah, of course. A lot of connection between <laughs> those two. Now, <laughs> this was the first time that I had watched this. Is this the first time you've seen it?
1: Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it for a long time because uh, just been hearing great things about it uh, for so long. And uh, yeah, just wanted to watch it that's kind of why we picked it because we both just wanted to watch it and wanted an excuse to do it yeah this was my first time
0: it's been on my to watch list for a long time too but just knowing that it was you know like a two hour or so movie and also like a foreign flick which means i'm gonna have to watch it very closely and pay tight attention to it yeah i was just kind of putting it off because i was like let's just You know, wait until I'm going to do it on the show. That way, I can get all the attention it deserves. You know, so I I had also kind of put it off, just waiting to do it here on the show. And I had heard a lot of good things about it. I actually really hadn't heard anybody say anything bad about it. It's like everybody that checked it out was like, "This is a fucking great zombie flick." So going into it, I had pretty high expectations, and I gotta say, it was
1: really good. I agree. It uh, it it really like my expectations were. Very high, and the first time I watched it, I would say that like I felt maybe that it it didn't it didn't do anything special, like Mm -hmm. just watching it the first time. I was like, this is a zombie movie, right? Uh, Yeah. But then watching it through the second time, I was seeing how like it, it was developing in a a very you know recognizable zombie movie way, but it's doing some things different and it's it's definitely got uh, it's got its own message and it's got its own like perspective uh with the zombies like it's using zombies to say some similar things to Romero, it's very but, Romero like, also yeah. yeah but also adapted to south korean culture and society
0: mhm yeah i know what you mean man like one of the things about this that did impress me a lot was the fact that it was able to build characters that I felt like I really knew and understood and cared about and knew their motivations and what they would probably do and stuff like that Uh, in a lot of you know non English language films it's hard to make those connections where you're like well I'm reading all of this person's dialogue Uh, I might not even know how to pronounce their name and shit like that it makes it like a little bit harder to empathize and care about the character sometimes but this movie did a good job of making very solid characters that I think had some depth and I really did care about them towards you know the end of the movie and stuff Uh, so it it crosses the language barrier extremely well which apparently is something that i guess korean films are getting extremely good at doing considering we have so much about this and parasite both
1: yeah yeah I, i i think they are i mean we've we've heard of korean films in the past and gotten uh you know some korean uh directors coming over to america directing hollywood pictures so like it's it's been a thing in the past like it's just slowly been building up but I think now looking at where Korea is like even here like four years ago they're making movies that uh, I think can transcend the, the the boundary that sometimes happens where things just culturally don't resonate with other people I think that they've learned how to make movies in a way that culturally resonate and are still specific to their own um like uh, society and culture yeah Like, there's there's so much in here that i understand a little bit better by doing some research that d- doesn't uh make the movie unreadable if you don't know it but it, it definitely like improves the the watch so like yeah. you can watch this movie without knowing having any real context and enjoy it and then get some context and enjoy it even more
0: and that's a good thing to me too to see that they're exporting these movies out of there that have cultural relevance in America because I think yeah a lot of your average middle of the country American people would think like I have nothing in common with that culture. I have nothing in common with right. that society and stuff. And then you have movies like like, like Parasite which is all about wealth inequality and stuff yeah. and you have movies like this which deals with a lot of different you know layers of social stratosphere
1: it does it deals also with yeah the, the wealth inequality and a lot of that stuff yeah. Yeah. So- yeah
0: hopefully it shows people that like you know oh I can relate to up people on the other side of the world that don't live like me and don't look like me and stuff like this they have the same problems that I do Yeah. Uh, Might bring some, yeah, global unity if you want to look at it that way. And also make America fucking read a little bit. Good God, man. (laughs) I saw all these talks about like remaking Parasite in English and stuff, and it's like, God damn it, don't why? Just just read. It's not a big deal. That's dude, that's what I don't get is like I might be wrong about this, but Uh from my perspective, considering that everybody lives on the internet all the time. It seems like Americans and people across the whole world are reading now more than ever. Yeah. Right. Because if you're on Facebook, you're reading. If you're looking yeah. at people's Instagram you're posts, words you're reading. in
1: front of your face, you're reading. Yeah. 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 You're, 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 uh, the, the act of reading, even if it's something as simple as a Facebook post, it is challenging your brain in some way to understand the words in front of you.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it seems like that should make people bitch less about having to watch a subtitled movie right but you know they're
1: riching more now because you can't look at your phone while you watch it
0: (laughs) yeah actually that might be accurate i didn't think about it that that way but yeah you might be right uh but yeah (laughs) i I think it's great to see uh some of these movies coming out of korea that have like i said this huge relevance no matter where they're being shown i mean it kind of sucks that these issues are relevant everywhere but eh, that's life for you
1: uh, yeah, it, it is nice, though. I mean, because we, we even, uh, you know, with the French films we've done, have dealt with a lot of uh, political stuff that is specific to France, but also works in a global capacity. Like, that that's why French horror movies uh, tend to resonate, I think, a lot. And, like, that's why these South Korean horror movies are resonating with audiences.
0: I feel kind of dumb because I don't really know anything about the director or any of the actors... Uh, that were in this and there's not there's not really a lot of stuff on imdb about the
1: production or anything it's all right. about
0: like the earnings that the movie did and stuff like that do you know anything about the production and director and well, stuff
1: uh yon Song ho he b- basically been doing directing and writing animation up to this point and in fact there there was also like a um uh soul station i believe it was called which was a train to Busan like prequel oh, animated really? cartoon that he did yeah. Oh shit, I got to see that. Uh and since then he he's done he uh made South Korea's first superhero movie. Oh shit. Which is interesting. I mean, I, I I'm interested to see it. Like it's called Psychokinesis. Okay. Other than that, uh we have uh, among the actors like all of these actors have so many credit. Like <laughs> so many credits. Uh but almost all of them are Korean films or korean television that i haven't seen or don't know yeah but we do i mean the uh guy who plays the the guy the baseball player who survives the longest is uh choi Shik, who was in okja which was a netflix movie that came out a little while i ago. heard
0: that was cool
1: yeah i heard well uh, i heard the same i haven't seen it <laughs> uh and he was also in parasite yeah, which I I so, love. You still haven't watched that yet, Abby? I haven't watched it yet I really need God, to. God, man, it is yeah. so
0: fucking dope. It's a really really cool movie. I really recommend yeah.
1: it. Yeah. I yeah, I'm I even more interested. Like seriously, doing research for this like really made me understand like that, that there's a good bit going on in uh, the Korean culture with wealth inequality that is so similar to America that it's yeah, so yeah. relatable. Yeah. Uh, there's also, um, let's see, uh, the girl who plays Jenny, the cheerleader. Okay, yeah. She was in the K-pop group Wonder Girls, which was super popular from the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s, uh, and she was also, this is an informal title, but she was called The Nation's Little Sister. Which is essentially uh, essentially South Korea's version of America's sweetheart.
0: <laughs> she was the Korean Sandy B, huh? Yeah. And, Aww, and, and one day actually, she's gonna
1: marry a Nazi. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Um so that actually changed my perspective because from what I saw in the movie, I thought like she was like I thought she was supposed to be sort of slutty or something like I was unsure like all the guys were like you know all about her and stuff yeah yeah and like this one guy seemed to not like her for some reason I and and like seeing it as she's like America's sweetheart or you know uh Korea's little sister uh seeing it then it's like so wait she's just I guess like really forward and he's super shy it's not that he doesn't like her said so yeah,
0: you're talking about that guy that she like sits next to and she's like if i ask you yes you have to say so or some some shit yeah, like that yeah.
1: right uh and they're like accept her accept her oh yeah <laughs> i like the weirdest that chant ever <laughs> yeah that's like up there with we
0: worship you yeah <laughs> phenomena <laughs> that was one of those moments like early in the movie where i was like i hope the translation on this is not very bad because sometimes you watch those you know dub movies uh-huh. and you're like there yeah. was something lost in the translation here.
1: It wasn't how you would expect it to be. It's probably a good translation, but like doesn't work as well as maybe some more simple words or a simpler simpler phrasing.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm sure it's very difficult to translate a lot of that stuff directly to English yeah. without losing the meaning and stuff too. But you know, now that you point out that that girl was in a in a K-pop group, it kind of makes sense because last night I was scrolling through some of the reviews for this that people were leaving like on IMDB and stuff uh-huh and a lot of them are really weird and creepy and gross and just talk but, about how okay. hot the cheerleader girl is and stuff
1: oh uh, well I mean she is she is gorgeous that's correct but yeah I I can see where this is going
0: yeah so this is a review that was left on IMDB by James Johnson 1976. So a nice young man, Uh, 8 out of 10, slender girl, knocked up but still thin woman, and zombies. And the review is, and therefore we see a little feminine hair and some legs, but not completely natural to show us full nudity, unfortunately. The prego wife is thin, so also 8 out of 10 stars and hot. I do like the romance and the strong feelings too.
1: That guy's cool, right? That made me want (laughs) to (laughs) vomit. That was really gross. There's a lot of the reviews that are like that. That's a weird fucking way to live your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And guess what? Women don't like that. (laughs)
1: Uh, well, I mean, there might be a woman out there that does like it, and I hope you find each other, but <laughs> you guys are meant for each other I imagine you'll be torturing prostitutes together in your basement whatever. Like,
0: but a lot of the reviews for day. it were like really weird and creepy, and I guess yeah. that's why is because of the k-pop yeah. thing, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, there, a lot of American k-pop fans are weird dudes
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. dude It's like, have you met like some really hardcore baby metal fans? <laughs> no that's, I don't get it, man.
1: I don't get it. But when you said baby metal, I just imagine—I just imagined a super buff metal singer just in a, a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, like It's that.
0: That's exactly it. Right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard baby metal? I don't think so. No. It's the most confusing goddamn thing in the world. And right that now I'm sure... Like Like, some of our (laughs) listeners are listening to this, and they're just fucking steaming. But it's basically like these, uh, I don't know, it's like three or four, like, really young-looking Japanese girls in, like, schoolgirl outfits that front this, like, metal band. Oh, okay. But it's, like, all really cutesy, so it's, like, heavy, but then their songs are like, Give Me Chocolate and stuff like that. Uh It makes no fucking sense. It's really strange, man. I I just don't understand it.
1: Yeah. that I mean, I I hear the fun in that. By the way, <laughs> I can see why that might be fun. Okay.
0: And so we got this cast of characters that, as near as I can tell, I mean, obviously we don't, neither of us speak um, speak the dialect, but right, seem to be doing a very convincing job. I thought that, especially the little girl, was very convincing oh in her moments of vulnerability and oh, stuff.
1: She is so fucking good. Yeah, like, she's really good and adorable. I know. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was sold on her for sure. Like she's with her like she's shitty, just ime- shitty
0: singing. She's so bad at Aww. singing "Aloha, Boy. So out of <laughs> tune, girl. You need to practice.
1: But she, she's she's just so cute. You immediately like you immediately like her because she's adorable and she's sassy with her dad, and it, it's it's fun. Um, but yeah, like the the acting also like. There are moments where it gets into melodrama, like the acting is just so seemingly over the top, but I, I, I think it actually doesn't, it doesn't seem odd or out of place. I don't think so either. Yeah. Like it, I think it resonates with the moments. So it, it, it worked. There
0: are but a yeah, couple like moments it, in the movie that, that do come across as kind of dumb or sort of offbeat mm-hmm. or weird to me. Like, right. Like, right when they get on the train and the two guys that work on the train are looking into that bathroom where that bum is hiding out and then yeah. the little girl just comes up and is like, hey, I'll hang out while you guys talk to this bum who's talking to himself and, like, right. nobody does anything? Nobody's like, could you step aside? Where's your dad? Like, <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. Like there, There's like, a few oh, moments like that that are just weird guess, to me. I guess she's in charge here. Yeah, she should be fine. <laughs> 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 Gotta learn about the bum somehow, I guess. That's true. But, yeah, the... There, there are moments, yeah, where it, uh, like, it seems like if if I spoke Korean, I would know better. But it seems to me that they're doing a really good job. It's very convincing, very human. So yeah, I, as we've said a million times, if we don't speak the language, you don't know exactly how good the acting is. But I think I think this is very convincing, and like it's easy to both care about the people you're supposed to care about, hate the people you're supposed to hate, and feel ambivalent yeah. about the people you're supposed to feel ambivalent about. Yeah, totally, ma'am.
0: And it's such a simple story, too. I mean, it's basically this mm-hmm. guy trying to get his daughter back to uh, his baby mama. And zombie outbreak. And zombie outbreak happens on a train while they're on in the train. Route. Yeah. And uh, I love the setting of being on a train during a yeah. zombie breakout. Like, it is so... Terrifying because you're stuck in a straight line. Like, what's scary yeah. about it is it eliminates the possibility
1: of lateral motion. Right, and it's a it's a high speed train too. Like, there's no jumping off because right. you'd yeah. die. Yeah, and
0: yeah. then if you did, everywhere is outbroken with this zombie thing anyway. So you'd probably right. be fucked. So where are you if going? you got off? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that they are stuck on this train and having to work together and trying to move forward through it to get to the cars where the uh the daughter and the other ladies and stuff are it's uh-huh. it's almost very video game-ish where it's like level 1, level 2, you know, yeah. as they progress through the cars. Uh I think it's also cool too considering that the movie has so many overtones about, you know, social commentary and class. Yeah. And blue collar and white collar and all that kind of stuff working together. Yeah, they- and we're they're that, all stuck on this train together that is moving yeah. perpetually forward. I mean it's 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 very much like life, you know?
1: Yeah. And it, it has that snow piercer quality to it where it has that obvious sort of uh point, like we're yeah. all going the same destination. Yeah,
0: literal forward momentum. Yeah, like all and, all that it goes is forward. It does not go back. We're all and, on this thing together.
1: Right. And when they get to the head car, they get kicked out by the elites who were already there already there but right they didn't even have to fight their way up there they just happened exactly. to be there already yeah yeah so it's uh yeah it, it's got it's got the the great critique of capitalism in general but also the tension of like you're you're going one place there's only the, you know so much space where you can go the, there's all these zombies on all sides it's just perfect tension like and you, then you how, how do you deal with it more yeah, yeah. and how do, do you deal you, with it
0: yeah do you try to save each other do you just try to save yourself like there's all these different yep. outlooks on survival and the way that the characters mm-hmm. in the movie approach their own survival and trying to help other people make it or throwing them to the wolves in some cases uh i think that the, again the train is just such a great setting for that
1: yeah now here's here's what differentiates this from so many other zombie movies that i maybe didn't even stand out to you and that is at no point do they try to figure out how to kill the infected i didn't think about that it's not about because an american zombie movie is about showing off guns and about yeah. proving the idea that guns are, are a necessity that you might need one day. Like so much of American zombie movies have become that, just propaganda for guns. Uh and this I hadn't thought they, about that. I like I think they maybe kill a couple, but mostly they're just trying to get away from them and it's mainly out
0: of just extreme self-defense more than anything exactly yeah 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 there's never like that moment where it's like oh you have to attack the head you have to smash the brain
1: yeah there's There's not really that that conversation at all because that's not the thought which actually that, that makes
0: sense too now and it's funny that i didn't put those two pieces together man because like the next day after we watched the movie i was thinking about it and i was like you know it actually wasn't that gory. Like, you think no. about it as like, man, that was a gory zombie movie. There's people changing and chewing people up
1: and stuff. And it's like,
0: there were, but it wasn't really that gory because no. it wasn't really about killing the zombies.
1: No. Because, it, it, like, yeah, that, that's like, that's the thing that is of interest to me when we talk about the undead is that the idea that in a zombie movie, everybody knows what a zombie movie is and immediately rushes out to just start shooting them in the head like yeah that's why Robert Kirkman didn't use the word zombie in The Walking Dead he wanted a world fresh he wanted mm. a world where these people are dealing with this and their immediate uh, idea is not shoot it's oh no my friend is uh, ill like oh no my wife is sick or uh, yeah his losses yeah it's not kill so that seems to be the approach they take here
0: too like even whenever the the kid that plays baseball sees his reanimated teammates like he doesn't immediately go they're not them they'll never be cured let's kill them all like he's very like he's he's fucking frozen
1: yeah and he's devastated by it yeah it's it, it they play this more the way an outbreak would play out now, not to say that other there aren't other zombie movies that do this. Twenty eight Days Later does a really good job of this. But like this this movie, I think, is refreshing in that zombie movies haven't been doing this for a while. They haven't yeah. been as human and as caring.
0: Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. And that also just makes the the social commentary there, I think, a lot deeper because initially I was kind of seeing things like the way that they kept showing us the zombies, like literally stepping on each other's necks just to try to yeah. get a bite, you know what I mean? Just to try yeah. to survive and carry on and stuff. You look at that and you're like, oh my god! They're like they're not even human anymore. They're just animals. Look at them. They're just a horde right. swarming on top of each other. But then you also see that to some of the people that are just concerned for their own survival on the train, they're acting no differently. They're also stepping right. on the necks of their fellow human beings just so they yeah, can that- survive
1: too that's set up with the opening image. the opening image is of uh, a drone waving like cars on. It's just like you know it's built to look like a person waving cars on and then we hmm. cut to a little bit further down the road an actual person doing the exact same thing. Hmm. yeah uh, and so it automatically sets up this that like this comparison between uh, this just machine, That has the look of humanity and this human that has the look of a machine. Like the, the idea of like, how alive are we really? We're participating in this. uh, It's the Romero stuff. Like we're participating in this terrible, like step on each other, destroy each other to, to get more. And we're just drones in this terrible meat grinder.
0: Well, and also, too, it just kind of brings attention to, you know, I I guess kind of the idea based on what we were just talking about, too, where it's like it's easy to forget about people's humanity. It's easy for me to go out here on the streets downtown and and see people that are living a extremely hard life on the streets, being homeless and stuff, and forget about their humanity
1: and that's why the homeless character is there the whole time like we never hear his name he doesn't really say anything much except to tell us that they're all dead like and he he seems to be this constant thing that indicates like whoever he's with they're the good people basically like Mm -hmm. they're taking care of him yeah because they'll take care of the least of themselves yeah yes and then in the end it benefits them because he takes care of them when he can like it's uh just th- that uh, yeah the the that idea that like it, just because someone's down doesn't mean they're not a net benefit to society like we, yeah, we shouldn't treat people. yeah we shouldn't treat people like they're garbage because they can contribute they can give they don't have to you know be working fucking 40 hours a week or whatever they're still humans Right,
0: yeah. And that's something that I like about this movie, too, is the way that I think the entire spectrum of social status is represented yeah. on the train. I mean, you have, mm-hmm. you have you know, obviously children, like the daughter of Sue Ann in this. Good old Southern mm-hmm. name, Sue Ann. Sue Ann. Sue Ann. She's on there. You've got blue collar, white collar. You've got young, you know, teenage athletes and stuff in uh-huh. there. You've also got... You know, big business, big wig, executive guy. Yeah, and then you also exactly have, like, the... Asshole. Oh, God, he's the worst. And then you also have, like, the two old retired sisters. <laughs> they're
1: so... <laughs> they're adorable. They're awesome. They're so uh, great. And yeah. they say terrible shit. Awful. Uh, awful shit. Terrible. Yeah, the re-education comment uh, is a real dark joke. But, yeah, like, the those old ladies, like, they're so cute. Like, but, like, they also... I don't know, it's like they're saying sort of snippy mean things, but they they really take care of each other. And mm-hmm. they're not they're not doing anything to actively hurt anyone else. So like they sort of represent almost like the uh the two old guys in uh the Muppets that yeah, just yeah. set up in the background. Statler and like- Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf, yeah. They're kind yeah. of our Statler and Waldorf that kind of just provide this like sort of running dark commentary to what's going on and i think also
0: too there there's commentary about the value of a life that is beyond the working age too because a lot of these characters are so obsessed with work and making money and the economy and stuff like that and then you have the older generation which aren't working are they still valuable are their lives as valuable as anybody else's just because they're old you know
1: yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh they they really are just trying to represent all of the strata of of society in in this train like it's a very very clear sort of setup of like this is us this is who we are this is what we are and this is the train we're on yeah so and it's like, heading forward yeah it's heading toward disaster yeah and at like, the same
0: time like chewing at your heels the entire time is death Uh, the
1: unavoidable thing that's coming for
0: all of us and that's something that I think is you know especially now that now that we're in these times is uh, especially relevant about this movie is the fact that these people that are all in this train together that represent all these different walks of life they're all being stricken by this plague this disease like it sees no social boundaries Like the the zombie doesn't care if you're rich or if you're poor or if you're old it strikes everybody and we're all in it together
1: Ben let me tell you this is where some context really adds a lot to this okay so this movie comes out in 2016 in 2015 south korea had the a coronavirus outbreak mers m-e-r-s oh yeah that's right which they weren't prepared for and they basically reference it at the beginning when the guy in the truck asks him what's going on, and he says everything's gonna be okay, and he says you've said that before. Like that's what they're referencing. Oh okay. they're referencing an outbreak situation exactly like the situation. Yeah, guys is right like,
0: what, you gotta bury my hogs again, or something like that, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So this is this is set up exactly like a coronavirus outbreak situation. Um and What's interesting is that that MERS outbreak was what made it so that South Korea was prepared for coronavirus. Right, yeah. They did the
0: whole tracking thing and all that jazz.
1: Which is why you can turn on ESPN uh, most days and watch South Korean baseball right now. Because South Korea was not only prepared, but completely and totally contained the the virus and so they can play baseball i mean people can't go watch it but they can play baseball at the very least uh, yeah. so maybe take a lesson from south korea's mers outbreak guys and really take it seriously yeah <laughs> no kidding we're two months into it take it seriously
0: that's what i dude and, and not to go just totally off about this again but that's what really upsets yeah. me about this whole thing is the fact that the us was some of the last to start really getting hit by this shit. Yep, we we had months worth. Yeah, time to prepare. To prepare and watch what it's like. Well, this is phase one of this. This is phase two, and we just ignored it. So like hey, it's somebody else's problem, because again, yeah. that's like shit you see in this movie where, like the Amer- the the big like businessman guy in this just seems to think this is everybody else's problem but his. Like this isn't going to affect him because he's rich businessman and stuff. Right. You know.
1: Hmm. And he keeps he keeps like putting everyone else in between him and death yeah like it, it's just him constantly throwing others to the wolves which is exactly what our anti- our protagonist is basically responsible for like mm-hmm. we find out that essentially he he and his company have created uh this situation
0: yeah that was kind of a twist uh, in the movie where i was like wait yeah. what
1: now yeah where it, it's like because like he he was so obsessed with profit and so obsessed with money and gain uh, that he he has been a part of creating the destruction of their entire society right Uh, it, and it, it's it's another clear very clear message like no matter how far down you are in the chain you're a part of this so like we gotta stop like, we got to stop it. We have to cease it. Otherwise, we know where it ends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man.
0: Yeah, dude, those parts towards the end of the movie when he starts literally throwing people in front of
1: himself. Yeah. Dude, I was just like, you piece of shit, dude. Yeah. That guy, uh, pl- he played it up so well, too. The actor, like, he he's just so perfectly hateable in those moments.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think there's also something, too, um, to be said about the way that this could even be dealing with like a refugee situation in a lot of ways where the people (laughs) at the front of the train, they know about the very real threat that, you know, the guys have been being pursued by on their way up to the front car. But once they get there, all that they express is fear and fear mongering. Oh, he's already turned. You can tell he's one of them now. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and they're unwilling to help them out because they just came from a lower part of the train, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it they they really turn. I mean, because that is what the zombie movie has been about since Romero. It it's been about talking about social issues and uh, advocating for social change. Yeah, and this this movie does exactly that in a very Korean way. And does that also in a very relatable way for other people? So I, I think it, like, this is it, it's earned all of the recommendations that it got. Yeah, I think <laughs> It's so, earned man. all the credit that that people gave it.
0: And in addition to all the cool social commentary and stuff that we're talking about here, it's also just a fucking real ride is it it's, it's a rad zombie movie, movie man. yeah
1: <laughs> it like the does all done, the good like, stuff that you want out of a zombie movie i
0: was tired man like yeah, by the end of the movie hard. i was wore out because there's really not a moment's peace after that train gets moving
1: yeah there's not it's it's just action 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 and man i i love the way it plays out uh i love i love you know what we find out about the zombies like they're the zombies are very, very similar to a lot of zombies we've seen, but these in particular seem to only, they have like very limited vision, it seems. Yeah. kind of just follow the noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a they cool also, little thing
0: that they take advantage of too, where they, you know, they throw stuff at the back of the car to distract yeah. them and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. well, See, that that was a flaw Emily found with the movie, the telephone trick. Why didn't yeah. they do that like multiple times? <laughs> I'd have sacrificed a like, phone. It worked so for well that. the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but can you imagine if you were in this situation and you were like, well, I don't want to lose my phone. Yeah. Not my phone, dude. It's got like all <laughs> my numbers. I haven't backed up on the cloud in like a fucking year. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. I don't care if society's falling to crumbles. My phone. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have it, man. Yeah, there are little holes like that that
0: you could poke, honestly. Um, yeah, but I mean you can do that, that with
1: most any zombie movie.
0: Oh yeah, for sure,
1: yeah. man, for sure.
0: But yeah, it is it's exhausting and then towards the end of the movie, god, it gets fucking depressing, man.
1: Yeah. It really really does go like cuz like I mean, what do we got? We've we've got the the pregnant couple and like they're they're just a shining beacon. They are like there's nothing wrong with them they have no real arc in the movie except to provide like the moral standard mm-hmm. like so we've got this this uh really sweet woman who seems to take care of the people around her and she's extremely pregnant she's and, pregnant
0: but still thin
1: yeah <laughs> eight out of ten. Eight out of ten uh but then you have the the more blue collar like husband boyfriend whatever i i think they're married i just uh, called
0: him joe cool in my notes because i was like man that yeah. jacket and stuff that collar that's fucking joe yeah. cool
1: uh, and by the way uh look for him in a couple of years in marvel's the eternal
0: oh no gonna, kidding
1: yeah he's gonna be in there with kumi Annie. shit um so anyway yeah they they're like our moral center and they also like kind of just provide a contrast for uh, the protagonist to show us that he's not only like inattentive to his wife he's very inattentive to his daughter I mean there are constant times where Emily was like does he even care about his kid like he just keeps walking away and calling people and stuff and like they're there to provide like the example like these are these are the good people and of course, but
0: at the same time, he's still Joe Cool has his own judgments that he's that he's reserved about our yeah. main character, the dad. He's yeah. like, "Oh, you're you're in executive work. You must be good at leaving people behind," uh-huh. which he's
1: he's not entirely wrong. No, that's exactly like that's how you get there, right? That's how you get to those positions is stepping on some heads, leaving yeah. people behind. Yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, he, I guess. It, like it's it's our our blue collar outlook that makes me assume that they're the moral center and and i think they are i think they're supposed to be well the main character is not super likable yeah he's an asshole yeah like he's a bad dad he has a great character arc uh basically uh bad dad inattentive only cares about profit uh he, he uh refers to everyone else's lemmings at one point like he basically is uh, like he, he's on his way to being a supervillain, villain uh, <laughs> and constantly throughout like most of the movie we're seeing him like not help people or shut the door on people or like not pay attention to his daughter as he develops he learns that he needs to pay attention to his daughter but it has this bitter ironic Twist at the end that when he realizes he needs to care about his daughter and be there for his daughter more, is the moment when him being there is the most dangerous. After he's so been he bit ha- and start to turn, right? yeah. So now he has to walk away. It's crushing. Uh, that- it's crushing. It's <laughs> like now I'm gonna do
0: the thing I've been doing my whole life. Now I realize how shitty it is.
1: Yep, it- walking it's away. So insane. Yeah. Uh, he and and suan i i think suan might actually be our protagonist honestly like yeah because she 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 learns a lesson but she also is good throughout like we care we're rooting for her we care about her like it's we care about the dad because we want him to protect her mm-hmm. It's it's not really about him as much as her Uh, but she she you know she goes from not being able to sing because her dad's not there to now having to sing for her life without her dad yeah Um, dude that that
0: scene towards the end where they're approaching the roadblock and they're they're backlit so the sniper can't see that they're normal humans yeah dude I was like is this movie about to go completely fucking nihilistic and just smoke uh, them at the end
1: yeah, like full on night of the living dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, dude, I was
0: waiting on it. I was like, is yeah, this going to just fucking leave me crushed? Yeah, that would have been terrible. Ooh, man. Mm. Ooh, that would have been a dork dork ending.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I yeah, I mean, like so so the, our two protagonists have really good like development and I guess our antagonist has a developed story too because he's stepping all over people The businessman, yeah. Yeah, saying he's trying to get back to his mother. And then we see him as he's infected basically regress into childhood. And we see that he's just, like, like it it really makes this message that these hardcore, competitive businessmen at one point were just little scared boys. Yeah, yeah. That's really all they still are. Yeah. Little scared boys with a lot of money. That people listen to for some reason steve i'll i'll get a pull to that you want to grab another pull ski
0: here let's get this pull let's go ahead and get ourselves a an old tug here
1: i don't know if we've ever had one of these i i know i sure have not had a fat heads brewery uh i feel like
0: roger brought us a fat head one time before i can't remember what kind it
1: was but it wasn't this one this is the
0: award-winning headhunter india pale ale which claims to be uncivilized and aggressive it says pour slowly on the can so do pour it slowly it okay. says on the on the old uh, vessel here headhunter is an aggressively dry hop west coast style ipa with a huge hop display of pine grapefruit citrus and pineapple a punch you in the mouth brew for those who truly love their hops uncivilized aggressive and ward winning that sounds right up my fucking alley right Hell there yeah what if I'm okay uh, with that?
1: What if East Coast and West Coast IPA factions started like, you know, shooting at each other?
0: Oh yeah, like there was like an IPA war,
1: right? Like, wh- what if the New Englanders versus the West Coast and stuff? Oh my God, dude! You imagine if Lagunitas got shot, <laughs> and I then cannot. they and then they bu- and then they blamed harpoon. Ooh, I like Boo, how that sounds. Damn. This is setting this up very good. <laughs> And then Harpoon mysteriously dies. Anyway, <laughs> this
0: is a clear, very nice amber color here in the glass. Looks nicely effervescent. The smell is definitely a fucking IPA. Hoppy. It smells great. Mm-hmm. It smells like a hoppy mm-hmm. pineapple to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very pineapple
0: What do you think about that one, Steve? How's that treat you? Ooh.
1: Ooh. A little sweet. Is it? Piney. Yeah. Got that pineapple citrus thing going mm. on.
0: Mm. Ooh, it's into pines for sure, mm-hmm. dude. That is a punch in the mouth right there. That is very intense. It's very yeah.
1: deeply flavored. There's a lot to it.
0: Yeah, I need to go in for another here because yeah. that first that first sip mm-hmm. was so overwhelming. Like the uh, the bearded iris was so like smooth and fluffy yeah. and stuff. This and one this is, is a lot like, more hey, intense.
1: I got a it's whole, whole bunch really going on. Yeah, yeah, I like
0: it. Yeah, you can definitely like a get a lot of that grapefruit kind of kind of funkiness and tartness yeah. out of that. But man, it is very hoppy, which I like. Yeah, yeah, I'm into this. It's good. Yeah, man, I can't really compare that to anything, honestly. Like that doesn't really remind me of much anything that I've ever had.
1: No, it's just uh, it's intense. I would say in some ways, like it's got a lot of flavor to it.
0: Well, usually IPAs that have that much flavor and backbone to them get into that like really multi-territory like a lot of dogfish right. head uh, yeah. stuff does, you know? This somehow uh, sidesteps that. I don't get it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think that's really really good. Awesome. Okay, so anyway, so it's a it's a exhausting movie. The pacing of this flick is yeah. pretty much non-stop. There's not really yeah, a lot of rapid, room to breathe like
1: boom boom boom. Yeah, not a lot of room to breathe. Just a few moments near the end where you know, basically you're not even breathing you're just taking stock of what just happened basically. yeah no doubt. Like,
0: Yeah, but I don't feel like it ever gets to the point where it's like yeah you know what I mean when some movies have so much action and stuff like that that it almost becomes boring because you're like and here comes more action yeah uh, I feel like the the threats in this are constantly sort of changing and the scenarios are changing so you never really feel like it's uh it's starting to get played out or predictable or it's all been exciting so none of it's exciting right Um, i feel like it changes it up enough to where it keeps you interested even though it is just a lot of non-stop tension and action yeah
1: i think you're right yeah it's it's just so perfectly paced for a zombie movie because like you really can in a zombie movie just get too much action where it's just like okay so you're dealing with the zombie apocalypse by just killing a whole lot or whatever <laughs> like that yeah, okay like, i get it I, they're running for their lives right but in this yeah the, it just has it just has enough enough moments in between of like hiding or slowly trying to get past or all these moments that are like they do slow the movie down a bit but just at, increase the tension
0: well it's kind of interesting too because a lot of zombie flicks are either just too non-stop action or it'll be a bunch of action, then like a really inappropriate, unrealistic, like tender moment between characters right, that would yeah. never actually happen in this situation. People who have just met who are like,
1: I'm here for you.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me ask you this though, and tell me if I'm crazy. I do think it was a little too long. Okay. I think that I'll put it to you this way. I think that you probably could have skipped a few of those, you know, here's a new car full of zombies. How are we going to evade this one? How are we going to make hmm. it through this time? I think that you probably could have skipped a few of those Yeah, and ended up with the same net result.
1: Maybe. I think also you might be able to... Uh, I mean, what what do we benefit from understanding that the train conductor is a good man? Right. Like, or all those he, even the, the baseball moments- team and the cheerleader, it's like that doesn't really right because that, that doesn't much. go anywhere i think that uh, that just adds uh something for younger audiences to care about because these are two popular uh actors with younger audiences so yeah. i yeah he doesn't really go much of anywhere except to show except i guess to show the coo guy the terrible asshole uh killing people we care about yeah, like he doesn't because care if they're can't kill the old,
0: others. young. He doesn't care. Yeah. He'll throw them in front of himself just right. to get chewed up to yeah. perpetuate his own existence. I guess that's about it. But like, yeah, ultimately, I mean that that led to another car full of oh, here's my baseball teammates. You know yeah. that was that was another ten minute scene in the movie that like ultimately, if you didn't have it, movie wouldn't be much different to me.
1: Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it, maybe it maybe could be cut down a little bit.
0: I think so. I mean, it's not like a big deal. Like, it's not like one of those deals where I was like, "Fuck, is this over yet?" Because it was thrilling <laughs> the whole time. But I just think that with a little bit of editing, you still could have ended up with the same destination, the same emotional impact, and just gotten there sooner. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. What do you think about the special effects in the flick? Uh,
1: it seems like predominantly CG, other than the uh, zombie makeup. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if the eye effect is contact or CG I'm not sure yeah I'm n- I'm it, not it sure. looks too consistent to be CG but it also looks too consistent on everybody to not be cg yeah
0: that's a good way to put it yeah I know yeah. exactly what you mean yeah yeah the special but, I mean, effects I think it, are pretty good. good man
1: yeah like it like it's a ton of CG that, that looks good especially considering it's, it's like eight million dollar budget like Oh, that's it. Surprising. Yeah. Whoa. That's way low. Yeah. Well shit. Well, mad props to them
0: then. Cause like even like one of the yeah, first they, special effect shots yeah, yeah. that you get, actually probably the first one, is when that deer like stands back up. Uh-huh. That looked Looks really good. good. It's good. Yeah. It's really easy to make animals look bad and very stupid. Yes. Like see like the ring part two, right? Uh huh. Oh. God, what a bad movie. So bad. <laughs> And this looked a lot better than that. Like, it, it honestly kind of took me a second to realize, like, oh, no, this is definitely fake. Uh, they hit it pretty well, I think. And I like the way that the zombies look in, in terms of, like, the the nasty, like, varicose veins and stuff popping out yeah. all over everybody. That kind of yeah. layered
1: look to their skin I think is really neat. I think, uh, I think the you know, some of the actors did a really good job of portraying, like, the pain that uh, of going from infection to walking dead basically like the, yeah. that that uh cute train attendant who's one of the first to get bitten by the the chick who runs onto the train who also was portraying the, like the way she was walking was so good i thought yeah but like when like she
0: tie went, her leg off and stuff
1: yeah the 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 uh Train attendant, though, like when she's writhing on the ground, like she really went for it. It looks very effective. Yeah, but very convincing, th- man. It, it, yeah, it is just like it's it's surprising in a zombie movie to see that much CG, but it's also like when you're talking about an eight million dollar budget to see that much CG that looks good. Mm-hmm. I I was surprised. I mean, there's even a scene like that shows a wreck. It doesn't show the wreck happening. It just shows a wreck has happened as they're like crossing over a bridge. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure all of the cars were CG. Like that's crazy. But it still looked it looked good. It's just I could tell from a couple shadows, it was like, that doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think they did an amazing job with what they had. And honestly i can't imagine it looking much better no like, no it's just I mean, especially its look. N- now that look
0: now there's only the budget like i really can't believe they did what they did and then meanwhile we've got stuff like the fucking you know new pet cemetery that came out <laughs> that has some garbage ass cg in it yeah and with a way a higher budget it, yeah yeah totally stupid man yeah i think they did a good job about hiding stuff that wasn't real uh choosing mm-hmm. to show stuff that was constantly in motion and moving and things uh, I thought that they did a really good job with it, man. And like I said, it's it's interesting because it's just not really all that gory, but everything that you see yeah. looks
1: great. It does. And it, it it does a lot of, like, implication stuff, like where your brain kind of finishes it, so it feels gorier than it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll say the rate of that infection seems kind of inconsistent to me, where some yeah. people, it seems like they get bit, and then, boom, like, immediately they've turned... And then you've got stuff like the businessman and our main character here who seem to retain some humanity for a while and then are conscious of when they start turning. Like, it seems kind of inconsistent. I mean, they never really spell out exactly how it spreads, so it's not like you're saying, oh, they're breaking their own rules here. Like, we don't really know the rules technically, but it just does seem kind of inconsistent.
1: If we were to try to make that consistent... Then it would it would be like, well, you would want to see some other slower turns. Like maybe some people do turn fast and some people do turn slower, but we don't really see that. All we see is everybody turning really fast and then these two characters turning slow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. a little bit a little bit like, okay, so why does this guy get to retain some of his humanity for a while even though his eyes are a different color now? Like right. what's what exactly yeah. is going on there?
1: Yeah, if they had shown it earlier, just show, like, a couple people slowly turning, it would have made that make sense and, yeah. and still work. But, yeah. I I mean, yeah, you can still have logic to it. And, and the like, the this world is being expanded on, like, uh, supposedly coming out August 2020 is a movie called Peninsula that is not a sequel to the movie, but an expansion on the world, you know, like oh. the Cloverfield stuff. Okay,
0: so it's like in the same universe then.
1: Right. So I assume it'll have something to do with zombies, but who knows? I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested enough by
0: this one to to watch anything that they want to do to expand this universe further. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing really exactly groundbreaking. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say like, oh, this is like reinvented the zombie genre or anything like that. Didn't it really didn't. Yeah, it didn't yeah. need to. Yeah. Mm-mm. It told a cool story that was pretty straightforward and full of a lot of tension and put people of all different walks of life in the same situation with each yeah. other. And uh, see how and it plays out. See how it plays out. Yeah. See how these different you know st- uh, social stratuses interact with each other mm-hmm. and work together or work against each other or care about each other or don't care about each other. Uh, I liked how it did that. I think that is very interesting and uh, I mean, a well thought out ways- zombie movie
1: in some ways it even has like a meta level of essentially a zombie movie itself is a machine. Like, you know how it moves and you know, its destination. It it is a train. Like, you know where it's going, but this, the recognition of that, like from the writer indicates what they're trying to do is say like, okay, so it is a machine what else is a machine and and how else how are zombies like that how are zombies like people participating in capitalism it's it's a real good parallel to everything that's going on like the this is a well thought out zombie movie and it shows that zombie movies like people didn't get tired of zombie movies people got tired of cookie cutter zombie movies that had no thought to them yeah it's just I don't think people ever actually get tired of zombie movies. We just get this glut of them that are all the same and miss the point. And then somebody comes along. Like I mean, for uh, three decades it was George Romero, but somebody comes along and is like, no, 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 this. Like twenty eight days later, like yeah, or Shaun like, of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Uh, like any any of those movies that really just showed like no this is what the genre is like all these zombie movies that you hate they're they're missing the point they're not understanding the genre is this it's about humanity it's about caring it's about all these things it's not about just shooting yeah and brains and shit right and and girls running through the
0: forest and twisting their ankles and falling
1: right exactly Though those movies can be absolutely fun. I do love Return of the Living Dead. Oh, totally, man. <laughs> absolutely so. Though I think, that, I think that has some of that, so... Yeah, but it's still fucking awesome. It's still fucking awesome, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this is a really well-done flick, man. Uh, the hype, I think, pretty, pretty well lived through for me. I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it's like the best zombie movie I've ever seen or anything, no. but I'm going to say it's the best I've seen in a while. Yeah. I can't complain about much. I think the the performances were good. I think the look of the movie is good. The special effects are good. I mean, I always like seeing some gore and stuff. It wouldn't have added more to the movie if it was like gorier. Uh, but I just like seeing you know blood and guts and a horror flick and stuff. Well, yeah, so I could fun. have done with a little bit more. It could have been a little shorter for me. Mm-hmm. Soundtrack was not like super in your face, but is well done. was effective. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed it, man. Uh as far as like final thoughts rating, where are you at on this thing?
1: Uh okay. So uh this movie did something that no past Korean horror movie has done for me, and that is sell me on needing to watch more Korean movies. Uh yeah. A lot of times in the past I've tried to watch stuff like The Host or something and admittedly it's good, but I would just don't connect to it in the same way. This I connected to in a very like recognizable way, and yeah. it kept it kept me enthralled, kept me interested. It made it, it made it possible to watch a zombie movie and get something new out of it. Yeah, uh, which was great. So i don't have huge complaints i mean i think i think you're right maybe it could be a little bit shorter but i don't know how much shorter it would need to really be maybe just a a few snips here and there um i i liked i really like enjoyed songwa who was the the uh like tough guy oh dude he was awesome i thought his character was great yeah, and I, I think he, he was very relatable. I really love Suhan, the, the little girl, like just did such a great job. So likable. E- everybody in this was so in their role. And I like that. I, I really enjoy when people just go for it, especially when it's something as silly as a, a zombie movie. Um I I don't have any real complaints, and I think that because it had such a, a positive effect on me for uh, now wanting to to get more into Korean movies and also, like, really seeing something new about the zombie genre, uh, I think this is, like, a an 8.5 to a 9 for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. high up,
1: huh? Yeah. Yeah, I can't How argue you? with you. Like, everything in this is very well done.
0: I think the the points I would dock would be for... Yeah, the length a little bit for me, some of the some of the stuff that maybe got lost in translation or just some of those little moments where you're like, that's not how you'd react in that situation. There's there's <laughs> one part in there where like one of the I guess the, the host guys on the on the train is running through with that like infected woman like on his back. Or no, it's the uh-huh. other way around. It's it's a hostess with somebody right. on her back. And everybody just kinda like stands and looks or just sits in their chairs and is like, Wow, that's something. Like, nobody rushes in to try to help her or anything. Right. Like some of those little moments, which might be there as a cultural thing, you know, where it's like, maybe, maybe maybe that's a thing over there that people just turn a blind eye when people are in need. Maybe that's, again, another social commentary. Yeah, thing, I was going to you know?
1: say, maybe that's what it's getting at. Yeah,
0: so I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just, you know, some weird writing. I don't, I'm not really sure exactly. Uh, I'll dock a few points for that kind of thing, but it's overall just a really... Really exceptional zombie flick. Uh, I think I'll probably toss it something like a, a seven and a half, I think is what I would All say. Right. I was I was constantly on the edge of my seat. I was yeah. exhausted by the end of it. I cared about the characters, which is something you you can't say about a lot of zombie flicks. So many zombie flicks yeah. are, like you said, just so obsessed with like, let's just show as many headshots and brains and stuff on screen as we yeah. can. Who cares about the characters? They're just, you know, red shirts. They're cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Uh, this did a good job of making me actually give a shit about the characters. So, yeah, I'm going to say this is one of the better zombie flicks I've seen from the past decade, maybe 15 or 20 years, honestly.
1: Hell yeah. Good flick, uh, man. Edgar Wright agreed with this. The director oh. of Shaun of the Dead said it was the best mo- zombie movie he's seen in forever. There you go. So if the director of Shaun of the Dead thinks it's a good zombie movie, you might want to check it out. You, you might want to scope it
0: out. And it's on Netflix right now, right? Uh, Yeah. yes. Yeah, At Netflix. the time of recording, of course.
1: Yeah, as we record, yeah.
0: Yeah, be sure to scope it out well it's a good time talking about a fun old zombie flick we're going to be talking about another cool movie that i've not seen in forever next week but before we tell them what it is steve tell them where they can follow us on social media and give us their money
1: at dead lovely pod on twitter and instagram we're also facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely got a great group over there head on over also, head over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely where you can become a patron and help us keep this show a going. Bum, if you become a 5 bum, 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 bum. patron, you can help choose what movies we cover in the future. That's so, right. head on over there.
0: That's right. Check it out. And be sure to check out the show next week where we will be talking about what lies beneath. I've never seen this. I'm excited. I, I it's really rare that that like I get a leg up on you where I've seen yeah. this movie and you haven't.
1: Yeah, so this is great. I'm excited. Uh Harrison Ford, interested. So I I've heard about this movie a million times. I've yeah. never seen it. So it's I'm one of excited. those ones that's kind of like on the fringe of horror, where
0: it's like a yeah. lot of people might call it a, a thriller or a psychological thriller. Right. Uh but at the same time like if I recall, anyway, Quasi-Supernatural, kind of in the same league as something like The Others or oh, okay. uh, uh, Star of Echoes, something like that. Uh-huh. It's kind of in that hood right there. So I always enjoy those kinds of movies. Uh, they usually attract some big talent and some big budget and stuff like that and are just yeah. a fun, gripping watch. I've not watched this since probably high school. I'll tell you the story about <laughs> watching it next time. But Awesome. Dude, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember liking it, but I also remember, you know, liking uh high C ecto cooler and that tastes like yeah. fucking scum now. So who knows? <laughs> so tune in next week and find out if we still like What Lies Beneath. Find out if it's high C ecto cooler
1: or scum. Yeah.
0: It's also streaming right now. Did I say on Netflix or somewhere? I can't remember. Uh, it's streaming yeah, somewhere. I Just can't remember. It. it
1: is streaming somewhere. Yeah, yeah. for
0: sure. So you guys be sure to tune in next week. Check out our review of What Lies Beneath. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope everybody's staying healthy and happy. Stay in the fuck indoors whenever you can, and listening to your favorite horror movie podcast. Dead and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I have been Uncle Ben. I have been Hollywood Steve. You guys have been Dead and Lovely. We'll catch y'all next time. Ah! Could you really imagine, though, how annoying it must be if you are an amputee who's trying to get in shape, and everywhere you go, they sell you a pair of dumbbells? How insulting is that? What are you supposed to do with the other one?
1: <laughs> I, I, I just need, need the, one. the
0: one. I mean, because the other one's just going to be taking up space. It's not like you're going to wear one out and then start getting use out of the other one.
1: <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. And
0: just imagine trying to explain that to a seller. It's like, I just need one. Like They come in pairs, sir.
1: No, no, no. Trust me, bro. Trust me. You got to work both sides of your body, bro. You got to work both sides.
0: I just need the one, man.
1: Nope. Just nub it up, man. Nub it
0: up. Never skip nub day.